You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 57. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi, I thought we did 57 already. No, we didn't. No. I was saying we're doing 57, not when we finished with 57. Gosh, all those booger sniffs got you all discombobulated. You didn't record that, did you? What, the booger sniffs? Yeah. No, I, re- I started recording after you did all the sniffs. I don't know if people want to hear that. <laughs> um, so uh, for this podcast, we're going to be focusing on our experience at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this year. Um, we were only able to obtain a pass for Thursday because when we did the general um, ticket purchase for the batch, um, we ended up, when we missed our window for, uh, last year we missed the window for the, uh, for the pre-sale. We didn't, we got basically purged out of the pre-sale and then when we tried to, uh, to do general, uh, you know, the buy tickets for the general thing last year, we didn't get general. So last year, even though we'd already had plans to go, we ended up not being able to go inside the convention at all. So last year, you know, we did both of our I think we were there for like two or three days, but what we did in that instance was uh, we bought a bunch of tickets and passes to all the after hour stuff, and um, there was like stuff at uh, when they had a real Nerd HQ. Yeah, when Nerd HQ was there last year, there were a lot of you know like panels that you could purchase and like meet and greets you can do, and so that's pretty much all we did last year. So this year, again, this year we didn't have the uh, we didn't have the, I know, the ability to do the pre-purchase because we didn't have tickets from last year. So we had, had to just roll the dice with, uh, you know, the general purchase with everybody else. And uh, by the time it was time to buy tickets, I think the only tickets that were left were Thursday or Sunday. And, and Sunday think, sold out when I was in the process of buying the tickets. So we were left with Thursday. Well, and the thing was, is initially you were like, hey, should we buy tickets for Thursday or Sunday? And I'm kind of like, well, I think people would be more inclined to buy Sunday tickets just because it's still part of the weekend. And so I said, like, just try to get Thursday ones because, you know, if we do Thursday, we can just, you know, do outside stuff on Friday. And then we still got our whole weekend to kind of like recharge batteries from, you know, the, I don't know, just all the hustle and bustle of a Comic-Con instead of having to like go Sunday, do outside stuff on Saturday when it's like the most busy and then have to take days off like after that weekend, just because like I hate having to go to work the next day after or something like that. So kind of explaining that whole process, but uh, again, we only had the Thursday passes. And so we ended up staying um, the day after on Friday and uh, basically did all well, as much as we could um, outside the convention. And so the first half of the podcast is mainly going to focus on like our experience, what we did um, at the convention when we actually had the passes, and then what we actually did on Friday, uh, the day after Santa passes. So um, I guess that being said, I mean, do you want to start us off? NARP. NARP? Jeez. Uh-oh. Oh, I thought what the, are we... I thought there was a hiccup coming in. <laughs> that didn't look like a hiccup. That was a face like bark or something. I don't know. You alright? Because it's stuck. Oh, okay. That, it has that <laughs> <good> feeling. <laughs> okay. 
So um, we are in Bakersfield, and so um, Bakersfield from San Diego is probably about four hours. Um, we wanted to leave early enough so that we can get to the convention, um, you know, Thursday morning, get parking, you know, get to the convention within enough time so that we can uh, check into the, uh, like, check into, like, the attendance booth. Because the thing is, is the way they did it uh, this year, and I think they did it this way last year, is that when you buy the passes now, um, like, after you go through their whole, uh, you know, registering on their website and, and actually buying the passes, what they do is they, they mail them to you. And so since we got the Thursday passes, they mailed them to us in a little box. And so, you know, they remind you, don't forget your passes because it's not reprinting them for you. Um, so we, uh, we head down. Um, we get, we left pretty early. We left about, I don't know, like 4 a.m., 4.30 probably. And uh, we got there, um, I don't know, about 8, 8.30. Um, but the thing is, is the, the convention doesn't start, like, as far as, like, doors opening, I think, till like, 9.30, and then it actually starts at, like, 10. And so I'm thinking, okay, it's 8.30, we've got plenty of time to get get parking, you know, get to the, um, like, admissions area. Because the thing is, is this year we brought our kids, and so we can still, you know, bring a kid with, the, um, with our passes without any additional charge. The thing is, is that, you know, they're sending you the passes but they're only sending you the adult passes that you actually purchase they don't send you like a child pass like there's no option to be like hey we're bringing kids and for them to bring a child pass you know with you already having given you know your child's info so that it can be attached to a badge they don't do that so even though there's a little bit of convenience there with like them sending you the badge it's not necessarily that super convenient if you have kids because guess what even though you have your badge and you can get into the convention, if you're bringing your kids, you still have to get in this massive line in order to get um, your your kid badges. So, I mean, just as if you were going to pick up your adult badges, which, like, you would do in the same process, you have to get in that same line to get your kids badges, and I thought that was, like, completely stupid. I mean, basically, I think in the future, um, it looks like the policy changed a little bit because, as I recall, in previous years, you could bring one kid for paying adult and when I was looking at the policy, it looks like they adjusted it a little bit. And from what I could tell, it was like two kids for paying adult now. But, you know, if you're bringing kids and, and they're sending you the passes so that you don't, like, you know, for like convenience purposes, it's not terribly convenient if like you have kids and you still have to get in the same line to get them registered. Um, and in this case, when we got there, the line went almost all the way across the front of the convention. So long. Wrapped all the way around to where, like, it was, you know, going toward uh, the Marriott, which is next door. And so there's, like, um, a walkway between the convention and then, like, the Marriott that's right there. And then it went almost all the way back, you know, like, wrapping around the convention. Almost. It was it was insane how long the line was. It was stupid. I mean, as long as it was, you thought it would have taken longer. But the thing is, is even though it did move it and i mean i guess a semi a, a semi-reasonable rate there's no reason we should have had to been in that line for what was it like 45 minutes forever it was like 45 minutes in the line and it's 45 minutes that we shouldn't have had to spend because um like what i was getting to is that there should be something on the on the site so that say like 
if we purchase the adult badges, that there's some kind of flag to each individual account that's purchased badges. And for you to be able to go into a menu where you can say, yes, I need to add a child's badge, boop, click on that, and then fill in your kid's information so that they have it all on the website and so that they can send the kid's badge with the adult badge so that you can just avoid the line completely. And the reason I think that this is like necessary is because when we when you bring the kids, I mean, it's not as though they're like, oh, where's your kids ID? I mean, they yeah. don't they don't do that. So I mean, there's no point. To My being, kids got the wrong last name. Right. You know, <laughs> and the thing is, she didn't update her information on the site, so she had her old last. She had her maiden last name, and so uh, my kids ended up having a maiden last name. But, you know, again, they don't check it, so it's not a matter of, like, okay, well, we just want to do it on site for, you know, the purposes of making sure that, you know, X, Y, or Z with your kids, because they don't really do anything when you get there with your kids anyways. And so, I mean, it's not as though you're going to get a kid's badge and then, like, throw it on an adult's neck. I mean, they're going to get caught anyways. <laughs> they're going to notice it when you're scanning in and out. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I think... That is something that they should seriously consider. I mean, ultimately, you know, them mailing the badges, I think they should do away with it altogether. Although there's a little bit of a um, convenience factor to it, I think it's garbage because um, up until last year when they started doing this um, method, their um, badge purchase system was probably one of the most foolproof ways to guarantee that um, badges didn't get uh, sold on eBay? Yeah, you know, the, the badges didn't get, uh, um, what the fuck's the word I'm looking for? Like, yeah. scout? Um, you know, like, I mean, the way it was before, there was, you know, a super low likelihood that they can be scalped. I mean, ultimately, somebody could still put on a badge that doesn't belong to them if somebody decided they wanted to sell it, and, and they could wear it, but, you know, you're subject to being ID'd, although that doesn't really happen. But if it were to happen, your name didn't match the badge, you know, they could kick you out. And then that other person's going to lose any privilege they have of trying to get badges uh, next year using, you know, the little ID code. But, um, you know, that was pretty much the only way. I mean, the way it worked before is that you signed in with your information, you purchased the badge, you showed up at the con, you, um, you know, you pulled up, uh, you pulled out your ID, to show who you were, and then they checked and verified it, they printed your badge, and you put it on, and that was it. And, you know, when that method's being used, I mean, it's a really good way to make sure that, like, the fans are actually able to attend the convention. Now, the way it works now, with, like, you know, no ID needing to be presented and them just sending it to you. Plus now, you're international. They won't mail them out that way. Right, but it's like, you know, who does that really protect as far as that goes? I mean, I mean, you know, if, if we were able to, we could, you know, make multiple accounts, you know, make all of these different names, you know, male and female or whatever, purchase all these badges, get them all sent to us, and then list on eBay, hey, you know, we have, pa we have two passes for two males and two passes for two females, you know, uh, you know, bidding starts at blah, 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 and then people that desperately want to go are going to pay those prices, and then I'm going to show up with my real pass, your real pass, and then, you know, we're going to show up to the convention and probably meet them out front and be like, here's your badge, here's your badge, here's your badge. Meanwhile, instead of them paying $200 for, you know, a, a full 
you know, four day with preview night pass, they're going to end up paying, you know, 800 bucks. You know, it's like, you know, however much they pay. I mean, it's basically like BlizzCon. Yeah. You know, BlizzCon's the same freaking thing. I mean, they still, you know, check your ID when you go in, but, you know, multiple people, you know, create uh, or, or, I mean, basically purchase multiple passes and then resell them. Well, they need to find a better way to sell their tickets, though, but that's that's a story for another time. Right. Well, because, like, with BlizzCon, when you log into their stuff and you purchase the badges, when when you do it, you have a certain amount of time to, like, change the name. So, like, even though you may only want to bring one person, you can buy four badges. Three. Or is that how it works? Is it it's yourself one? and two, two people. Okay. So, like, let's say you buy, you buy three badges. You and one, I mean, let's say you're just going to go. You're just going to go, you have you buy the two extra badges. You can put two badges on eBay, sell them, and then, you know, just that person sends you the personal information and you update it. Yeah. And then, boom, you sold two badges. You paid $200 for each of them, but you sold them for 800 bucks because people will pay that much for them. And it's, it's stupid. And, it's, I mean, there really needs to be, uh, Comic-Con, basically what I'm saying is Comic-Con needs to go back to the way they did stuff, and BlizzCon should probably go to the method that Comic-Con used to use. That would have been um, way easier if we'd gone about the kids. I mean, yeah, ultimately, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's to discourage you from wanting to bring your kids, I don't know. That's uh, what I think. I mean, the thing is, is why would the policy change to accommodate two kids for an adult when it used to be one kid for an adult? Like, it would seem like they really want you to bring your kids, but at the same time, like, the, the changes seem like they don't want you to bring your kids, so I, I don't know, um, like, if it's, like, something that they just happen to overlook and it's just part of adjusting, but uh, that was a big gripe. The, the other thing is, too, is that, you know, um, in previous years, um, there were so many spots that were available for, like, pre-purchase, you know, for convenience, so that uh, you had a place to park, so you can, you know, get on the site and then you know, get in line to, like, try to purchase close parking or parking at the convention. That way you can print out your little paper and you, you already have a place to park. But then there were still other places to park that weren't part of that sale so that you can still show up and get parking if you were early enough. But this year it was, like, every freaking parking place was, like, part of that deal. Yeah. And there were places where you could park before that weren't part of it. And, you know, there were limited spots that were actually available on a first-come, first-served basis. And even though we got there incredibly early, like, there was no parking, like, anywhere close. Like, all of them were full. Um, well, they also said permits only. Right. Well, and, uh, there were some people that, the thing is, it said permits only. But when, like, I actually stopped and said, hey, you know, is there any parking available? What it was is, even though it said permits only, they were letting some people park there anyways, you know, who could pay the... The parking fee which is like 40 bucks you know a spot or whatever but they didn't say that like it said permit only so you kind of had to ask and then like you know everybody asked anyways but, but by the time we got there 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 weren't there wasn't anything so um ultimately what we ended up doing because we went to like four different spots where there was parking and had no luck we wasted so much time trying to find a, a place to park that even though we got mm -hmm. there early um, you know, by the time we found a place to park, uh, you know, the convention, you know, the doors, like, like everything was already starting to open. So, um, we ended up going to Qualcomm Park, um, which is a good drive away. I'd say like 15 minutes away, um, from that place. So we went to Qualcomm Park and then, um, that place is like right off the a little tram deal. 
And so um, they don't really charge, they don't charge to park at Qualcomm. The thing is though, is that, um, you know, obviously you have to pay for your like little trolley passes. And so like, if you don't have an existing um, trolley pass card, you have to pay like, it's like $3 per card in order to like set up an account. And so in our case, you know, um, me, Amanda, and both of the kids, you know, it's $12 in fees. And then I think it was, uh, like, it was like $5 a person per day or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. So it, it was something like that for the, uh, for the tram pass. So basically it ended up being like 29, 30 bucks in order to, you know, get the tram pass for the day. Um, but again, it, it was actually cheaper than like parking closer to the convention because the convention was, you know, $40 for a car, whereas parking at Qualcomm and then taking the, the tram was, uh, I think it ended up being less than that. I don't even think it was $5. I, I want to say... I think like, the card fee was only like $2 a card. Yeah, I think it was like, whatever... I think it was like $7 a person, like 20 I think what, the total price ended up being like 25 28 something like that. Um, but again, it was it was cheaper than parking there. The only thing was is that like there's like eight stops between Qualcomm and the convention. It's like eight or nine. And so like the even though you're on this damn tram, the it's tight the commute tight squeeze. Well, the, I mean the commute is like what 25 minutes. It, it seems like it's like 20 minutes or something like that. It feels it seems... like forever when you're standing up there. Oh my god. Yeah, it feels like a long time, like especially like at the end of the day. Um, but I mean, it's just in general, there's not a lot of places to sit. And so most in most cases, you're going to be standing for a good majority of it. Um, yeah, because I guess most of the time the tram isn't that full. Right. And so like it was it was just a pain because you're having to stand that long, 20, 25 minutes back and forth. Um I mean, you do save a little bit of money in parking, but then you're also losing like 25 minutes of time as opposed to just walking up to the convention in like five or eight minutes. So there's that. Um, now, once we actually got to the convention, got through the line, got the kids' passes, um, we pretty much beelined it straight for the Blizzard booth. Um, I wanted to see like what they had there as far as exclusives or whatever. Um, this is like I think one of the only years that I've ever attended and like not bought anything from the Blizzard booth. I mean I did purchase I stuff. Did. I just didn't purchase anything for myself. Um, I think the kids got some stuff and then Amanda got some stuff, um, but I, I ended up not getting anything. I think uh, our daughter got the little like looks like a little diva light logo light up keychain. It's and then cute. Um, you ended up getting, uh, what did you end up getting? I don't remember. A Tokidoki Overwatch shirt and some stickers. Okay. And then I don't think uh, Gavin didn't get anything, right? Mm-mm. So um, our son didn't get anything from there, but we did end up buying a bunch of uh, tokens. And so the tokens can be used um, to buy these like little collectible balls that look like uh, various, um, various Overwatch characters. And... Uh, yeah, those are fun. I mean, inside the inside the balls, there's like really nothing in there. Um, but you know, everybody wants to collect all of them. We already have all of them from last BlizzCon. They were, it was the same set, and yeah. so we already have the entire set anyways. Um, but there's a chance that like when you're buying um, some of these some of these balls from the uh, like the little machine, that you can get like a little um, acorn plastic ball that isn't one of the collectibles, but it does have like I mean, almost looks like a little white piece of paper, like, like you're getting a, 
they brought out a fortune <laughs> cookie. And, like, you know, it'll usually have whatever item it is you won. And there's, like, some super big expensive items that you can win, but there's, like, a super low chance. And then, you know, some of them are, like, in-game codes. Um, in this case, uh, what did you end up winning? Like, a button or something? Yeah, I got a pen. Okay. With me. Yeah. So. It's gonna be me. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a pretty cool looking pin. Um, she ended up winning that, and uh, I think we ended up saving one of the other coins because it was like a horde alliance. Yeah, I wasn't coin. sure if we had that one. It was it was pretty cool. I usually try to keep at least one token from every every time we go if it's different because they usually change them. Yeah, and and so after we went to the Blizzard booth, I mean, uh, our son is like super into games, and uh, he was just like, let's go to the Nintendo one, let's go to the Xbox One, let's go to all these different ones, and he was wanting to go every which way. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing was, ultimately, we ended up getting the line um, for um, the Nintendo booth, but that was a really long line. And ultimately, I was like, you know what? Like, why are we waiting in line to test out this freaking Nintendo game when, like, the Nintendo lounge is in the Marriott? And, you know, since we don't have passes for the next day, we're going to end up maybe going to the Nintendo lounge anyway, so, like, why waste any of our precious time inside the <laughs> convention in a line for Nintendo shit when we know we're going to be able to try the stuff out at the Nintendo lounge? And we did. So we ended up bouncing <laughs> out of that line without wasting too much time and uh, basically just, you know, went went around browsing, uh, you know, various booths, you know, got in a few lines, just, you know, checking stuff out. I mean, there wasn't... I feel like there wasn't as much this year. Like, as far as, like, you know, like, giveaways or exclusives or, like, get in line and get this cool stuff or whatever, it seems like every year there's a little bit less than there is. Because if we rewind, like, you know, five years, like, to, you know, like, let's say comparing it to the first time we went, comparing it to the first time we went, and then, like, this year, it was incredibly toned down in terms of, like, cool swag that you get. Yeah. Um, and there were a few things, and I can't say, like, there wasn't anything, but just in the convention itself, it seemed like there wasn't a heck of a lot. And then, I mean, there was an overall consensus of people, um, you know, that were complaining on the on the Facebook page about, like, security and just generally, like... How rude they are. Security being, like, really fucking rude. And, uh, they always are. That's always a recurring theme. It looked like they even used a different security company this year, from what I could tell. They added from one. the year before, but um, still, like, I, I mean, the thing is, is I mean, these people are only getting paid so much. I mean, obviously, if, um, you know, they were like professional enough or or worthy of it, like they'd be police officers or something. But they're security guards, <laughs> so like, you know, I don't know how much you can really expect from these folks, but um. You know, like, in general, there were a lot of people complaining just about, like, the attitudes of the security guards, just generally being short-fused, and, like, you know, things that were, um, like, for instance, uh, you know, there would be some famous people, like, doing some sort of signing at, like, a nearby booth, like, I guess we could do, like, we can say Warner Brothers, for instance, mm-hmm. and so typically in a case like that where you get a bunch of, uh, you know, folks that are going to be in some movie, They'll be doing a signing where, you know, they might have ticketed out, like, a hundred people to, like, meet these guys, um, guys and girls. And so they'll, you know, they do it in, in, in view so that, like, as you're walking by this booth, everybody who's not 
bought tickets can still like see these people. And so a lot of times, you know, people want to pull out their phone and snap some pictures. I mean, you're like less than 10 feet from like, you know, big time celebrities that, you know, you, you only see in the movies and they're right there. So like naturally people want to take photos and look and all of that stuff. But when that happens, and I understand there's like, you know, fire marshal regulations and that kind of thing about like keeping lanes clear. Well, they always yell at people at that spot though. I was talking about the other ones, like. When you're by a wall, how inside the tape, the tiny, tiny tape lines that make you get in. Right. Like, that's that's more rude, I think, than... Well, yeah, like, they'll put out lines of tape, and they'll be like, you need to stand on the tape. Like, you can't stand just off the tape, like, you have to stand on the tape. And again, I understand it's a fire marshal thing, but it's like, dude, like, I literally had a foot off the tape. Yeah. Get off my ass, you know? Um, you know, and then, uh, and, but what I was getting to with the, the Warner Brothers thing is that there's other booths that are like by it you know say like 20 feet from it and so like there's these booths along the edge and so there's people that like want to stop and like look at that booth or like whatever's there they're not necessarily like even looking at the the warner brothers panel stuff and the security guards just like keep moving keep moving and you could be like hey i just want to look at this stuff they're just like keep moving they don't listen to you they don't want to hear what you have to say they're just you know they're just telling you do this don't give a shit what you want to look at keep walking because i mean if you i mean how is anybody supposed to be able to look at some of the stuff that's nearby during that time period if you have to keep walking i mean you have to stop to look you know and so they what they turn it into is like this big thing where you can't stop in the immediate like not even so much in the immediate area but I mean, just because they assume that you're stopping to look at that. Yeah, and so they, they really get on everybody's ass. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is, is, and I mean, I, I mean, I, that, that's pretty much my point, is what Amanda said, is that if they don't want you to stop and you can't take photos and, you know, it's it causes this issue with potential fire hazards because people want to come flock and look and all that stuff, then what's even the point of having it in such a, um, you know, in, in such a visible place where it's going to cause some sort of disruption in the convention if all you're going to do is get yelled at the entire time by security? Yep. So, I mean, if it's going to be ticketed, I mean, shoot, just put it somewhere else. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, I was one of those people that was trying to get photographs and, you know, but I did keep moving. I kept walking and basically just, you know, snapped like a gajillion photos, just held the photo button down and took a bunch of photos of the different celebrities. Um, I can't think of the uh, one guy's name. What's his, what's his name? The guy um, from Silicon Valley? There were the two, two different guys. The Indian guy. No, it was the Indian guy. And then there's that one... There's that one weird guy who was with, like does like awkward shit. I'm trying to think of his name, like Jared. Jared, yeah, the guy that plays Jared. I'm trying to think of their names. Um, but who were some of the other people that were there? There was, um, okay, so there was Olivia Munn, yeah. who like He's seems stupid. super rude. Like she is. Super every, rude. Everybody's getting signatures from all these people that are at this table. And everybody else is, like, looking up and laughing and joking. Like, you can tell, like, everybody's happy. 
you know, to either meet these people or meet fans in like the entire time. Like I was snapping photos. I don't think I got one direct photo of her face looking up at anybody. The entire time she was looking down at her phone, like texting, even when people like were in front of her and like getting, um, getting signatures and stuff like that. Like she was always like looking down at her phone or like turning towards the cosars that were to her left or right. Like it just always seemed like she just really didn't want to be there or meet any of the people that were the, uh, that she was giving signatures to. And like, I could tell how awkward that looked from like 20 feet away walking by like, I don't think, I'd be kind of, like, put out, like, if I was one of the people that waited incredibly long in that line, and then you get treated like, oh, just, just get out of here. Here's my signature. Get, go. I mean, everybody else was, like, super nice. Like, if it seemed like the only person that wasn't was her. like, got to the signing where she was part of the group, I would go out of my way to make sure she didn't touch my paper. And then, no, not you. I mean, the thing is, too, is, like, she's rude. I, 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 like... I liked her, you know, I mean, like, when she was on G4, um, you know, doing Attack of the Show, like, I liked her, everybody else liked her, and then, like, when she was, like, you know, starting to get into movie stuff, I'm like, oh, Lily Moon's gonna be in that, cool, maybe I'll check it out, but then it seems like, as she, well, yeah, I mean, she's not a super great actor, but the thing is, is just as she's gotten in more roles, it just seems like she's been, I don't know, maybe it's going to her head a little bit, uh, I don't know, that's just my opinion. But uh, the guys that were there are uh, Kumal Nanjani, who's uh, again the uh, Indian guy from Silicon Valley. And then the guy that plays um, Jared, what the hell is his real effing name? Well, I looked up the, I don't know what movie they were promoting. The Ninjago movie. That's, oh, I was wondering what the hell, because remember I was uh, showing you a photo of the um, lady who was at that panel? I got a really good photo of her, and like, had no idea who she was. And then even still, like, I looked at, I was trying to look her up, and uh, I uh, I couldn't figure it out either. But if it's part of the Ninjago movie, and let's see here, the Ninjago movie. So, I mean, basically it was all the people that are going to be in this Ninjago movie, I guess. Because I was like, what movie are they promoting? So... See Olivia Munn, Kamal Ninjani, Dave Franco was there, Justin Thoreau was there, Michael Pena was there. Um, the girl, I think Abby Jacobson is the one that was also there. That was the one that I was like, hey, you know who that is? Yeah, it was Abby Jacobson. Um, so all of those people were there. It looked, oh, Jackie Chan could have been there too. Sad, <laughs> sad tear. That'd have been cool to see him. Um, yeah, all of them were there, and so I want to get pictures of all of them, and I managed to get pictures of all of them, long story short. Got a shitty photo, many shitty photos of Olivia Munn, because she was looking every which way except forward at people that were trying to get her attention. So she's rude, and she's ungrateful for her fans. Yep. So, um, you know, that, that aside, you know, people were generally just complaining, but that's like the same thing every year. You know, when that kind of shit happens, when the lines get too long, you know, it's always like, keep it moving, keep it moving, you can't stop. Um, I mean, again, I know there's fire marshal concerns and all that kind of stuff. It's just, uh, and there's, I mean, obviously you can't be nice to, like, every individual person. Like, I just feel like sometimes, like, some people try. get a little too short with the attendees. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing was, is there were a lot of people, and this is mostly female cosplayers, because I really didn't see anybody else, but there were a lot of 
um, female cosplayers that were like, um, you know, oh yeah, there were a lot of security guards that were being creepy, that were like, you know, being too flirty and like asking for numbers and like being. And I'm just well, kinda, like, there's probably a reason to that, but I'm sure they don't want to hear it. Uh, are you gonna start victim blaming? When you have your ass and titties hanging out, people are going to come up to you and talk to you. Sorry, doesn't mean your costume's not cute, but it happens. So you're victim blaming. She can't just show up and expect nobody to look at her goods, even though she's got a bunch of neon arrows pointing at them? Nope. I think that's terrible. As a woman, you should be ashamed. I think sometimes they just go a little too far with trying to outdo one another, cosplayers, and... Especially for girls, that tends to be, they start taking off more clothes to try and get more attention. And a lot of them don't have to. They're very talented people. They shouldn't. Or they're already extremely attractive. And it's like sometimes. They don't need to have everything hanging out. I mean, I'm sorry. Freaking Diva doesn't have her ass hanging out. But there was one that was there. And she, like, it's just not. Well, the thing is, too, is, I mean, there's plenty of attractive women who go to these conventions. And there's a lot of attractive women that you know, dress up as a character that's not naked, they look just as amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, they catch my eye just as easy as, you know, the half half or nearly naked woman catches my eye. And it's not, you know, it's just because it's like, holy shit. Like, okay, perfect example was that, remember, uh, I don't don't think it was, it wasn't here at Comic-Con. It was, uh, might have been at WonderCon. um, That gal that dressed like Jessica Rabbit. Mm -hmm. Holy Hell, this gal looked fucking just like her. Now, Amanda was kind of like, you're looking at Jessica Rabbit because she has insanely huge tits. But the thing is, is this, this gal was tall, thin. Um, like, she had the very, uh, very accentuated Coke shape like, um, like Jessica Rabbit. The dress was dead on. Her gloves um, were dead on. You know, she you know, had the same, the same, uh, skin pigment. I mean, like just, just everything that all, you know, hair, face, it, it was, it was pretty incredible, but yeah, she also had huge tits. But the thing is, is Jessica Rabbit and New Frame Roger Rabbit has insanely huge tits. So, I mean, that's just part of the freaking thing. I mean, what it comes down to is if they want to wear less, that's fine. No, the security guards shouldn't be creepy, but if they were generally asking for phone numbers or photos or whatever because they thought they were pretty, I don't think. Which, who knows? You know, the thing is, they're just complaining about it. I mean, again, we don't know the context. You know, they could have maybe not been creepy, but... I mean, they could have been dealing with some nerds that don't know how to talk to people, and they there probably thought There was one person that complained cool. about that. They were like, oh, yeah, there was this really creepy guy who had, like, yucky facial hair, and he stunk. And it's like, okay, I a mean, lot of people there, think there. If, if the convention, believe this or not, you know, believe it or not, I mean, there are going to be some nerds there. And I mean, not that all nerdy people have like BO problems and stuff, but there were plenty of people that we were behind in different lines. But the ones that live in their mom's basement. <laughs> yeah, there were people Sorry. that just don't know what the fuck deodorant is. I mean, even <laughs> some deodorant would help that situation and like there was none. And yeah, you walk into a bathroom stall or someone that did not had just come from it. <laughs> the smell was so horrible, like I wanted to barf. Like it was just that bad. You just Yeah. I mean but, yeah. hygiene. Yeah, I mean thing is is we're focusing a little bit too much on the negative. 
I mean, the, the thing is, like, yeah, you know, we shouldn't have to go do this check-in with, you know, uh, with kids, but, you know, the line did go by really fast. You know, once we got in there, you know, um, you know, aside from getting shouted at, like, two or three times for not being exactly on this line <laughs> of tape, you know, we were able to get our stuff with, uh, with ease for the most part, and, you know, we were able to get to, you know, most of the booths we wanted to. It did seem like it was a little fuller than usual. Um, there were... It was a lot tighter than I remember it being. Um, I mean, even for a Thursday. For a Thursday, like, that's yeah. incredibly busy. There were a lot of people. I, I don't even really want to think about what the Saturday looked like. We've been there on Saturday. Probably bad. We've been there on Saturday, but when we've been there on Saturday, it was as busy as it was this last Thursday. And we don't bring the kids. And we don't bring the kids, so <laughs> so, there, so there's that. Um, but, uh, you know, in general, aside from just, you know, a little less uh, swag being given out, I mean... The quality of the convention overall was uh was was pretty good. And aside from just like a few, you know, rude security guards, you know, if you were basically complying with not, you know, you're being smart and instead of stopping, you were just like either shooting video or just taking a bunch of pictures, you know, you were still able to get what you wanted to done. I mean, I would say, I mean, again, I was trying to kind of steer off of negatives, but there was one other thing. Um, and that was it. And this, this, I do wholeheartedly agree with a lot of people. Um, we're complaining about line management. And so, you know, the thing with line management is that, um, you know, a lot of times, like, there was an issue, I guess there was an issue with, um, like, Funko. I heard that had a lot more to do with the Funko people than the convention staff. But um, not to focus too much on that specifically, but just when you have to have line breaks because you don't want to block aisles, they don't have enough staff typically to like watch one end of a break and another end of a break. And so a lot of times you get a lot of disgruntled people that are- People just cut in. Right, well, yeah, I mean like, for instance, when we've been in a line break, you know, we kind of get some shit from staff because we're trying to go across when it's not time to. But the thing is, is we're just trying to hold our place in line because people will just walk in and pretend like they were there the whole fucking time. And mm -hmm. a lot of times security sometimes will just watch it happen and not say anything. Because the thing is, is ultimately like they don't, don't want to get into that a part of their job. It's... Right. I, but I, like I said, I don't think it has to, you know, they don't necessarily like that's not, it's not imperative for them to be like, hey, you got to get out of this line or whatever. It's just to manage the line, not to like, you know, be a peacekeeper for whatever the hell's going on. Because like sometimes it seems like it just happens right in front of them and like nothing gets done about it. Well, a lot of the line keepers are, are volunteers. Well, it's but still, I mean, it's one of those things where you're waiting in line for a long time, and the last thing you want is to be, like, you know, cut, especially to a point where, like, some stuff might be limited. Like, in the case of, like, Funko, there's exclusives, and then you get cut enough, and then before you know it, there's nothing left. And, um, you know, going to that, because, you know, it's not so much an inside convention thing. That is a problem. But, you know, the other big thing, too, and this has been a complaint for a long time, is Hall H. So a lot of people are waiting outside for, you know, to get into Hall H. And sometimes that line is as short as like 30 people, you know, for people that are actually like staying the night and like waiting to get in these lines. Well, they're managing that with the wristbands now, so you don't have to wait as long. Well, what, 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 what ended up happening this last time was that people were counterfeiting the bands. And so what was happening Interesting. is people were counterfeiting the bands. And so you know, initially when you start off with a line that only had 30 people in it overnight, 
when in the morning all of a sudden there's a hundred. And it's because they were allowing like up to like four people, you know, like one person to hold the line for four people. And so each one of those people had four people, three people, all the stuff. So even though you were like 35th person, you ended up being a hundred back. And then so those people who stayed the night physically were in the freaking line, couldn't get in because so many people were holding the line for a bunch of other people. And I guess there was an issue um, with this. There was an area where like Joe's Crab Shack is positioned in close proximity to some line. And so like there were people that were like cutting through this building or the restaurant and were actually like getting in to this line. I, I was trying to think of like where that was. Was that the place that was next to the carnival outside? Because there's a restaurant that's yeah. directly across from it. It might have been. And there are people that were lined up for something. I mean, they all had their tents out there. Yeah, and I guess the, what the complaint was is that there wasn't very good line management because what people were doing is simply cutting through this um, restaurant somehow and ending up, like, middle of the line. And they were just, like, with impunity, people were just cutting these lines. And so, um, you know, even though they were managing it with wristbands, the complaint is is that there were enough people that had a legitimate wristbands that still weren't getting in because either people were counterfeiting the bands or people were getting lane, lines held. And it was just, uh, it was kind of a fiasco is what people were explaining. We never try to get into Hall H, so, like, this is all, like, secondhand information from, like, people complaining about it. But there was enough consensus from what other people that had the same, you know, that had the same complaints that, like, it's, it's a valid point. What I will disagree with with these complainers is that they're like, I'd be willing to purchase a separate ticket in order just to do Hall H activities in order to make sure that I got in. No, 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 fucking no. The the thing is, is this place... I conventions that do that. This convention is the holy grail of all conventions because it doesn't do that. Because it doesn't clear rooms prior to stuff. Because you don't have to be a rich VIP in order to make sure that you can get close to a panel. And, you know that you can get into Hall H and not have to be some big balling shot calling guy that can afford a $1,500 fucking badge. That does not need to happen. I don't give a fuck how much somebody wants to get into Hall H or whether you got fucked over and didn't get in or, or whatever the case is. This Comic-Con and WonderCon are like like some of the best. I mean, we've been to a bunch of cons at this point, and I would say that they're, they're, they're the favorites for a reason. And... Um, you know, going to that tiered system of elitist bullshit and, Lame. you know, having to deal with, like, you know, different variations of badges and, you know, having to pay extra money for exclusive um, panels and all that stuff like all of these other conventions do, like Silicon Valley Comic Con and, and so on. Not to, not to knock Silicon Valley Comic Con, I mean, it was, it was generally fun, um, but there was a lot of stuff we didn't get to do because... You know, we didn't have those expensive badges. And so, um, you know, or, or didn't get to get close as we could have. If You know, if it would have been a, a WonderCon or a Comic-Con type system at Silicon Valley Comic-Con, we would have had fantastic seats to, like, all these different things and, you know, arguably would have been able to have somewhat better time. But that's not that's not their format. And, you know, people that are like, oh, yeah, I'd be willing to pay X amount of dollars. Fuck that shit. Not everybody yeah. wants to fucking throw down a bunch of money like you do. And just because you generally didn't have a good experience from that, I don't think warrants um, Comic-Con having to change the way they do things just because you have money. 
falling out of your fucking jeans because... Well, they save up because they don't do a lot in their regular life. That's my thought. I mean, maybe they make a lot of money, but it just seems like the people that are always there, they just... They don't look very social. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the case is. It's just that when I read that and I saw like a bunch of people like here, here, I'm like, you're you're talking about ruining one of the best conventions that you can attend. That, well, like, as soon as they go to that, people are gonna complain. So if they words. if they if they went to that kind of pay system, I'd stop going. So I mean, and there's there's plenty of people who would say, buy Felicia and be a smartass about it because they have all the money in the world and. Oh, that's one less person going to this convention. Maybe it won't be so busy next year. You know what? To those people, I say fuck you. Because the thing is, is the convention's perfectly fine the way it is, and it doesn't need to go to an elitist system. Yeah. Um, so, you know, getting back to the awesomeness of the con, because we didn't have any of those problems getting any of the, um, getting into any of the panels that we wanted to attend. We ended up going to two different DC panels, um, and uh, mainly. You know, what we got out of those panels was that uh, DC wants to go in a direction where you know, basically the opposite of Marvel. Basically the... Yeah, they took some pretty good jabs at Marvel. Um, it, it, one of the things, mainly, is that uh, they don't want to be changing a lot of the very well-known characters in the DC universe for the sake of changing those characters and for the sake of, you know, this inclusion that we keep you know, seeing in, in Marvel's universe were like... Which is oh. a big jab at Marvel, I mean... Right. It was they like, didn't come out and say it, but it's like, oh, you know, that other company, they have, you know, basically they're changing everything to appease everybody, and... Yeah. They're like, no, so we're just going to do this new storyline, and, you know, we're going to keep our, you know, books super cheap, and not going to have variants, so you don't have to spend a million dollars on the same freaking comic book. Yeah, I mean... Which is everything Marvel does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything that Marvel does, they're either not going to do or they're going to do the opposite of. So, like, you know, Marvel Unlimited, you know, the app on your phone or, you know, iPad so that you can read digital comics, they said they felt like that devalues, you know, um, you know, comics that are rare and, um, you know, that they don't have any plans to do anything similar to Marvel Unlimited in terms of digital comic book, um, you know, platform. Um, you know, talking about... You know, they're, they're big characters. They have no plans to, like, you know, change Batman to an Hispanic guy or do any of the other stuff that, like, Marvel's doing with just about every character they have. What they felt should be done is that, you know, a company should be innovative. They should try to create characters that can be just as popular as those characters, you know, but make something new. Keep it fresh. Like, you know, just make different characters that are like that. You know that are what people want, and you know that's the way to move forward, as opposed to just you know changing what people love. Um, you that know, Watchmen so, thing was pretty cool, though. Yeah. So um, uh, you know one of the other uh, one of the other things again was the the, the price change. They're going to keep charging the same amount for their comics, which I mean that's always 299. good. Two ninety nine. Yep, two ninety nine for comics, and um, you know so. That I mean, that was basically the premise of the first uh, of the first panel that we went to. Because I mean, in the first panel, they're just telling you like the direction that they want to go and you know what they're hoping to do and what they hope to accomplish and all that kind of stuff. And so Jim Lee was in that panel. And I, I, you know, from all the previous convinces we've gone to and the other podcasts that we recorded, I, I've been following Jim Lee for a long time. Really liked Jim Lee. I've met Jim Lee previously. 
you know, taking photos with him. He's a fantastic dude, always tries to meet his fans, every single one of them. And so after the first panel, I went around and uh, I went around and met him and I got a photo with him um, dressed as one of his characters from the um, Wild Cats comic book series from Image Comics back in the 90s. Um, I dressed up as Grifter, um, which was the first time I've ever cosplayed. And uh, it was pretty fun. It was, it got a little more expensive than I thought it would. And required a lot more time than I thought it would. Um, but all in all, it was fun. And the thing is, too, is like the character is just so obscure. Um, just because it's kind of a, I guess what you consider now to be like a little bit older of a comic. Is that a lot of the younger guys had no idea who the fuck Drifter was. And like there were a few people that were like abusing me with like some variant of Deadpool. And there I'm were just, people like, that knew who you were, too. No, well, there were plenty of, there were plenty of people. I'm, I'm very thankful that there were people that were like, oh, Grifter. I'm like, Yes! Yes, you know, it was very gratifying to see that people were like, oh, hey, Grifter, yay, you know, so that was pretty cool, um, but uh, there were a few people where I'm just kind of like, ugh, rolling my eyes, some people were like, hey, are you Deadpool? It's like, dude, really? So, uh, yeah, that was cool, but, uh, you know, back to that, so met Jim Lee, dressed as Grifter, got some photos with him, went back into the next panel, uh, which again was another DC panel, and in that panel, um, they were... You know, just kind of talking about some of the same stuff they were talking about from the previous panel. Um, you know, talking to some artists and, like, some of the stuff they plan on doing. But one of the biggest things that they were teasing was what Amanda mentioned. And what was that? Who watches the Watchmen? Yeah. Who? And then it cuts to the Justice League. Yarp. And they're talking about, like, you know, did you imagine... You know what the smartest man in the world in the Watchmen universe would be like having to deal with, a, you know, arguably one of the smartest men in, uh, you know, Justice League's universe. And they're like, who's that? And you're like, oh shit. So Lex Luthor's gonna be involved in this too. You're talking about like Lex Luthor potentially, you know, having to deal with, um, you know, the smartest man in the world, Watchmen's character. Now I'm trying to think of it offhand. I actually watched Watchmen. I think just the week. The week prior to going to Comic-Con. No, it's the other guy. Dr. Manhattan is basically like their version of Superman. Um, it's, uh, it's the guy that's obsessed with the Egyptian thing. I can't think of his name. Yeah, um, let me see here. I will get that name for you. It is... Gosh dang it. It's uh, Adrian Veidt. So, that's the character he plays. So, Dressed in the purple. I mean, I guess his, like, hero name is, like, Ozymandias, so. Yes! Because then it made me think of the, break, the Breaking Bad episode that <laughs> had the same name. Yeah, yeah, so that's him. And so, I mean, he would be, I mean, more or less pitted with or, you know, like, in comparison to, like, Lex Luthor. And, uh, you know, they were comparing, you know, can you imagine what a fight would be like between, like, Dr. Manhattan and Superman? You know, where... It'd be interesting. I mean, because then, um, then you have a character like... Uh, gosh, who am I thinking of? Uh, what's his name? It, like, like Rorschach? You have a character like him, you know, potentially dealing with, like, Batman. Mm. You know, and then other comparable characters, you know, dealing with each other. Uh, I don't know. It, the the whole concept seemed 
pretty damn awesome. Um, very Very exciting. And so I'm, I think that's going to be a, that one's going to be a good one. Because, I mean, the thing is, I I really enjoyed the uh, the movie adaption. I thought it was fantastic. And so uh, seeing Watchmen, you know, versus the Justice League, that's going to be pretty cool. And so one of the other big announcements for the uh, DC panel was um, the fact that, uh, and this is from the previous panel before they announced the uh, Watchmen Justice League thing, was um, they were going to redo the uh, Death of Superman. So there was like a Death of Superman, like longer comic. It was like a special edition thing. I want to say it was like in like 92 or something like that when they did the Death of Superman. And when they did that, um, when they did that, uh, what, they were, what they were saying that they wanted to do with that story was basically turn it into like a two-part animated film that's like an extended version of the Death of Superman story. Um, now, that is also, I think, something that's like huge. I mean, just because the original um, Death of Superman comic I thought was incredible. And doing an animated version that's like super long in detail in terms of like, you know, leading up to that like, the epic battle that took place in that book, all the freaking heroes that died, I think that uh, that is going to be utterly freaking amazing. Because, I mean, you know, you, you read a comic book, and you're kind of just, like, imagining, like, what a battle like this would look like, you know, like, in an animated version or, like, a live-action version. So is it going to be, like, the killing joke? Um, I don't think it would... I mean, to a certain extent, I think, but not... Obviously not like a direct comparison, just because you're talking about them doing like a two-parter. And so it's going to be a lot longer than The Killing Joke. That's true. So I I would imagine each film was probably going to be like an hour and a half, roughly. You know, for a two-parter, you're looking like a three-hour animated series on the the book, which I think is plenty of time in order for them to cover it adequately. That would be uh, cool. I mean, I'm just hoping, like, in my mind that I'm not, like, imagining something that's, like, unattainable, and that when they actually come out with it, it's going to be something that, like, wasn't quite what You're just going to build hoping. it up, and then you're like, oh, crap. Yeah, I mean, the, the DC panels, and it's funny, too, because, like, we usually go to a bunch of other obscure panels that have more to do with, like, TV stuff or books, and, um... Whatever's not cool. Right, yeah. So, um, you know, going to the DC panel, which is a little easier to get into in terms of, like, Marvel shit. Um, but uh, they had some big announcements, and so I was pretty happy to um, go to that. And so after we went to the DC panel, our kids were getting restless. Um, Another reason not to bring your kids. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, we're, we love doing the panels. I mean, that's part of the that's one of the biggest values of attending um, San Diego Comic Con is the quality of panels that they bring, and the fact that you can just attend whichever one you want. All you got to do is get in that line early enough to make sure that you get in, you know, and then, you know, there might be a panel that's like three panels from that panel that you also want to go to. You just sit in there. Yeah, so screw it. Sit in there and watch the other two and see if you, you know, see if uh, there's anything cool. You know, sometimes, you know, like, uh, you know, you might, you might uh, go to the one you want to, realize that there's another cool one you want to see that's like two panels away, 
you know, although some people would use that as a complaint for how their system is with like, you know, oh, these people are taking seats for this other panel I want to go to, and they don't even want to be there because they're trying to get to this other panel. You know, sometimes you end up enjoying those panels just as much as the stuff that you actually wanted to see because you're like, oh shit, you're like, this is actually pretty cool. You know, so. And sometimes people need to suck it up because they do that. And other panels will just sit there and sit and sit and sit through all of them. So it's like, oh, someone did that to you? Right. It's tough. Yeah, it's like it's only a complaint when it happens to them, not when they're doing it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so after we uh, left the DC panels, um, we headed back out on the convention floor. Um, just, uh, like, tested out some of the, like, like Street Fighter Ultra 2, um, some other games, and uh, just... I thought that was in the lounge. Well, we actually did. Remember, oh, the, the arcade thing. Yeah, we did because they had like an arcade type setup um, on the floor. And so we tested that out for a little bit and some really wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, we went to uh, some other panels like Nickelodeon stuff. They have a little Nickelodeon booth with like a, the SpongeBob pineapple and all this stuff. Um, pretty much just, you know, whatever the kids uh, caught their eye. Um, you know, obviously went over to the DC one, IDW. Um, the Walking Dead one, which is always pretty cool looking, and uh, we just bought a bunch of you know little items from uh, various vendors. Um, by the end of the day, our kids were pretty goddamn exhausted. I mean, me too. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can't blame day. it all on the kids. Yeah, we were pretty tired. We left early. We stayed most of the time, and so uh, it was hot. You know, it toward you know toward the beginning, it seemed like it was pretty cool inside the convention. But I'd say by the middle of the day, like right after like 1 p.m., like they turned the air conditioner on. Yeah, it was like it just wasn't working anymore because it got really warm. So um, from that point, um, we ended up uh, leaving the convention, um, jumping on the tram, uh, jumping on the tram, which seemed like it took forever. With all the other stinky people. Oh my gosh, yeah, so we uh, took the tram back, and then, uh, you know, drove to El Cajon, where our hotel was, and uh, stayed the night there, just because, I mean, trying to stay in San Diego, I mean, first off, we waited a little late to get a room, and, yeah, uh, you know, so there was hardly anything to find in San Diego, and then by the time we were able to find stuff, I mean, you know, some bullshit little room like Motel 6 with two fucking queen beds is going to cost like $250. It's like stupid. One of these days we're going to stay at that Hilton that's right there. Yep. I would say either that or the Marriott. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a plan. Definitely. It's a dream. Yeah, it's something we definitely need to do. I mean, just Before the convenience. I get too much older. Just the convenience. I mean, holy crap. My knees were already given out. <laughs> <laughs> I was you just have happy. To get, me and Amanda are going to have to bring her fucking wheelchair. I'm going to have to push her around everywhere. Little, get her a little hover around or a scooter or whatever. So. Um, get her around to the front of the lines faster that way. Yeah. So, um, after all that was said and done, we... Uh, Headed out, uh, headed out the next morning kind of early um, because our thought was is that, you know, if we get out there early, we'll be able to do something that we really want to do. Uh, all the outside stuff. Yeah, on the outside stuff. You know, it's Friday. You know, the outside stuff, the thing is, is like, you know, at some point, I mean, like, again, going back years ago, it seemed like it wasn't incredibly busy, like unmanageably busy outside the convention like there was you know there were a lot of people there but like it wasn't crazy busy 
but like it seems like over the last couple of years like people just go to the convention now without passes at all just to do the outside stuff and so it just makes the freaking outside like a fucking carnival because you know i mean i'm not saying that all that outside shit is for you know attendees only but god damn man like all the people that just don't go to the convention but just go for the outside stuff like you it makes it so hard to like as an attendee to experience some of the stuff outside the convention because there's so many people just showing up to make the fucking line bigger well it seemed like this year they tried to put a lot more stuff outside like it seems like places are building towards doing things off-site like when when we were there i looked around and i was like man there's like nothing out here but then coming home and seeing like the coverage you know like on mtv and it's lame i know but i like to watch catfish and it was a marathon and we came back <laughs> and they were doing their fandom fest i had no idea but petco park was like mtv spot and i guess there were some other people out there too and it's like People are just, like, building and building and building these things, and it's, like, I, I don't know, I kind of feel like we missed out on a lot. Like, it, at first, it looked like there wasn't a lot, and that's why everyone was in their, you know, little spaces that were there, but there really was a lot. Well, and You just so, had to know where to look, which I didn't... Well, and the, the, a little bit of that is our bad, just because we, we, we came with our kids, we were already super tired from, like, doing the stuff, like, at the convention on Thursday... And so we were already headed back anyways, you know, like we're swearing to all the outside stuff on Friday. And so when we came back on Friday, one of the first things that we'd already promised our kids we were going to do is we were going to do the Nintendo Lounge. And mm-hmm. so when we got there, we got there like an hour and a half early. But guess what? There was already a fucking line getting the Nintendo Lounge. And it well, was a, a pretty good spot. Well, we were, I think we were only like the 30th person there. So like we were definitely getting into the Nintendo Lounge. And so... Again, this goes to how busy it got on the outside. Like, in previous years, was there a line to get in the Nintendo Lounge? No, you just walk walked in. right in, walked right out, and that was it. This time, there was a cap on the space. Same room, same as every fucking year, but this year, there was a cap, and so people couldn't walk in and out. And, uh, you know, like, luckily... Yeah, I had to go pee for, like, three hours. <laughs> we like, I'm not leaving. Yeah, we didn't want to leave, so... We were in there, but we got to try just about everything that there was. We tried all the different games, you know, on the little DSs. We were trying shit on the, um, uh, we were trying stuff on the, the Switch. Switch. You know, um, Splatoon 2 was out, doing these little tournaments, playing Splatoon 2. We played a game called Arms. We are playing, like, the little Street Fighter game. That was the Mario Rabbids game. And um, they had Minecraft. Yeah, they had Minecraft. They, there was a... A lot of Splatoon 2. The Mario Rabbit theme is basically like a um, like a turn-based RPG, which was really fun. Um, so I'm probably going to end up getting that game just because I thought it was a pretty fresh take on the Mario yeah, franchise. Yeah, I ended up buying a Switch because <laughs> of that. Yeah, long story short. Well, not because of the game, but because of the lounge. Well, the lounge, you know, there were just so many different games to try out and, you know, really... Give you the chance to see what the Switch has to offer. The thing is, is you know, watching some of the commercials, it just really didn't interest me that much. Like, it, it's like, oh, look, they can do all these things. And I'm like, yeah, that looks cool. But I'm just like, you know, we had the Wii U, and we had, like, these high hopes for the Wii U. And it had, like, little support, you know, from other companies, you know, developing games and stuff. And so, like, there, I mean, still, our kids like the Wii U. 
and like they use the Wii U gamepad a lot. Um, but mm-hmm. the thing is, it's like it was just an expensive system that was hard to find, and then it, there just wasn't really a lot for it. And so my thought was, it's like, hey, this looks like a really hyped up Wii U. I don't necessarily want another Wii U if it's just like a thinner version that does nearly the same crap. But um, it's like the DS and the Wii U got married and made a baby. That's what the Switch is to me. It, yeah, and and uh, so it, it is pretty versatile. And, um, you know, just having the opportunity to play all the different games and try all these different games out and, you know, see all these new games that they have coming soon, I was like, holy shit, like, this, this system is actually a ton of fun. The thing is, is, like, you're going to get the most out of it is obviously if you know people that have Switches or, you know, even if you have more than one system, um, you know, to uh, and obviously, like, do a versus mode or any of that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I guess that would go with just about any system. Uh, but, you know, we left, the, we left the lounge. And the thing is, is, like... We spent every, most of the day there. I'd say we spent at least three or four hours there, at least half the day there. And every game we tried, we got a stamp. And you had to get 10 stamps in order to get a chance to, like, win something from this, like, cool game area. What we should have fucking done is we should have separated ourselves when we're going through the lines so we weren't, like, you know, getting the same thing over and over again because that's what... We ended up getting a bunch of bullshit stickers. Um, Tattoos. We got some, uh, you know, we took a... You know, some funny little, like, green screen photos with, like, little Splatoon... um, Little uh, Splatoon props and stuff like that. It it, it It was pretty fun there. And so, I mean, pretty much after we left, it was like, hey, this fucking system's cool. And then the thing is, is, initially, remember Gavin was saying, like, hey, Dad, we should buy this Switch. And I'm like, yeah, Gavin, yeah, fucking made of money. I'm just going to go out and buy the system the next day. Yeah. And, like, we went back. We got back in town. Um, we got back We got back in town at, like, 1 a.m. on Saturday. Um, when we got back in town, I was like, all right, we need to find this fucking system. It was sold out everywhere online. And all this shit. Long story short, we ended up, uh, we did end up buying that system, I think, the Saturday night. We bought one at Target at, like, yeah. 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, we bought one Saturday night, and we came back from the last one. Was, yeah, and so we bought that system. The Next Best day, Buy wouldn't sell theirs. Yeah, so but stupid that's story. For another time. We'll, uh, we'll explain it in a little bit, because we're kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves. But once we, once we left the Nintendo Lounge, um, we wanted to check out some of the outdoor stuff. And what sucks is that this year there was no Nerd HQ at the, you know, the Children's Museum. There was nothing there. And so Nerd HQ, I mean, they had some presence there. Like, I think they were supposed to be putting on, like, one or two different little, like, parties at night. Two dance parties. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, as far as, like, the actual actual Nerd HQ um, that they have every year, they didn't have that at all. So, yeah, it's just kind of a downer that um, the Nerd HQ wasn't there because it kind of eliminated a bunch of stuff that we could have potentially done because there was so much shit to do there last year um you know there's different game systems that were there whether it was pc stuff or playstation stuff or xbox stuff you know that um they had uh you know like tryouts for the playstation vr um you know they had lines to to test out i think it was uh, battlefield one at the time yeah. and they had like a little cereal station like you can customize little like flip books and there was just all kinds of different stuff there. You know, they were selling merch and everything. It was just a, a really cool place to be. And then, you know, you also had, like, different panels that were going on with those panels for shows. And then sometimes you can meet some of the celebrities from those panels, like, doing the smiles for smiles thing. 
which is always pretty cool. And, um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it was, uh, you know, a bummer that, uh, they weren't there. So we're like, okay, so what are we gonna do now? The Nerd HQ isn't, isn't, uh, isn't happening. And so we're like, okay, we'll do the carnival thing. And so we're like, all right, we're going to go to Petco Park, except, uh, carnival wasn't at Petco Park. Like there was a bunch of carnival stuff that ended up actually being like behind the convention center. Behind the Marriott. Yeah. So, you know, there was a bunch of stuff back there, but it was all spread out all weird and it definitely wasn't as cool as it was in previous years. Um, like we did some outdoor laser tag thing that was for a Hulu show. What was it called? It was like Future Man. Yeah, Future Man. And so, you know, there was like Team Hulu versus like Team Nerdist. Like you got these sweatbands for playing and it was it was cool, I guess. Um, but there just wasn't anywhere near the amount of like cool stuff that you could do at the carnival that there was last year. Like it failed in comparison. Um, now there was an area that we didn't really check out, and it was just because it was an eighteen and over thing, because Adult Swim. Uh, was to the rear of the convention as well. Yeah, they do that every year. And they have all kinds of cool stuff there, but it's 18 and over and we have our kids, so we didn't even bother checking that out. And so when we realized that the carnival had been moved to the back of the convention, we're like, well, shit, like, is nothing happening at Petco Park? And so we didn't even bother to, uh, to go check out, like, what they had at, you know, the stadium at Petco Park. I mean, we, we, we assumed there would probably be some stuff in the in the parking lot, or I did, um, but uh, we didn't actually check the stadium, and uh, we ended up just doing some of the stuff that was across the street from the convention, which was like, there was some stuff for Amazon, and, you know, various other things, so we ended up getting in this incredibly long line, it was like an hour, hour like it was, we, ended up, uh, we ended up getting in this line about maybe 4 o'clock, or something like that, got into this line, for an Amazon show. It's a live action tick show that's going to be coming out uh, toward the end of August. And we got in this fucking line and it was like, oh yeah, you know, the event, you know, that you're going to be in, it's going to take like, it's going to be 20 minutes to get through. And it's like an hour wait, blah, 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 blah. And so we get in this line. And so they let you like customize a shirt that you'll end up getting at the end of the thing, which the, shirt, the shirts were kind of cool. Um, they were kind of running out of different sizes. Um, yeah. and then like it kind of randomized like what little quotes you can pick for your shirt which was kind of sucky like why not just let people pick what they want um, but uh, you, know, you got a free shirt for it um, and so like once we got to the event it was basically like oh you had to search for all these little things in these different rooms and like the more you got like you know it told you what kind of hero you were at the end and then they kind of did like some like little 360 like motion capture camera thing they sent you a little video of, like you with your family like you know kind of at the top of this skyscraper, like, with this um, big city backdrop. It looked neat, but, like, the whole event, like, from the time you actually started till the time it ended, that shit was, like, six minutes. Like, not 20 minutes. Yeah, that shit was, like, six minutes. They were fucking rushing people through that shit. And it was, you know, for, like, over an hour wait, it was pretty goddamn long. But you got this cool little video, and you got a t-shirt. So after we were out of there, we are kind of like, you know what, fuck this, it's hot. We already waited an hour in this fucking line. You know, even if there was some shit at Petco Park or out, you know, our kids are freaking losing their mind at this point and completely complaining. And so um, we got mm-hmm. on the tram and, you know, head back to Qualcomm and then, uh, you know, basically uh, 
headed home. I mean, but, you know, if you don't have tickets, I mean, there's plenty of stuff to do outside the convention, especially if you don't have kids. And, uh, I mean, I guess you could not be like us and assume that they're not going to have something at Petco Park just because we caught a mold moon. Um, you know, because there's the Adult Swim stuff. There's, you know, different, you know, stuff that's being held for, like, Amazon or Netflix or HBO or any number of places that are trying to promote whatever new series they have coming out, you know, new movies that are coming out. All this stuff's happening in all of the different, um, like, uh, meeting areas and all the different hotels and stuff. You know, the Petco Park tailgate lot and all that. So there's, there's a lot of stuff to do if you don't have passes. But, you know, we did that because we were already there as attendees. You know, I don't, I don't know whether it's worth going all the way to San Diego Comic-Con just to do the outdoor shit. Not really. And it's not really worth it. And I don't say this to be like, you're under 10 D, fucking stay away. It's just really not, you know? So, I mean, if you want to spend all that money and spend all that time, you know, to just get, like, a bunch of little trinkets that you're going to end up throwing away, uh, you know, pretty, you know, pretty quickly because, I mean, these aren't, like, it's not a bunch of high-quality shit they're handing you, yeah. you know? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't bother. <laughs> I really wouldn't. I mean, if you're already in the 10 D and you're already there, Sure, it's fun enough, and you'll you know there'll be some cool stuff that you'll like, but uh, it's it's not worth the trip just for it. I, I, I overheard that from like several people, you know, like in lines for different stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, I would, I've been going to Comic Con, or I, 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 the last time I went to Comic Con was like in 2008, you know. But I keep coming back every year, you know. I spend all weekend coming down here just to try everything out. It's like, dude, seriously, like the some of the stuff on the outdoor outside is cool, but it's not worth coming there for a weekend and, you know, like, spending money for a hotel and doing any of this other shit, like, just to that's experience this outdoor stuff. People are vocal, though, too. Yeah, you know, which, I mean, that's gonna happen, but I don't know. I, there were some people that come there and, you know, get a hotel stay and aren't attendees and don't live locally and, and do that, and I think it's kind of silly. So, um, other than that, I mean, there's not much else you know, to really cover as far as our experience goes. Um, but, uh, I mean, hopefully this next year when we, uh, you know, enter the uh, pre-sale registration, we can purchase, uh, you know, a four-day pass with, like, a preview night and actually, like, fully attend the convention. Hopefully. Um, at a minimum, be able to purchase, like, weekend passes and, uh, you know, be able to spend two days inside the convention and be able to attend uh, more panels without kids. Yeah. That would be awesome. So uh, that uh, that was our experience. Um, not as exciting as previous years. No. Uh, you know, but again, that's uh, what happens when you bring children that uh, kind of dictate, you know, what kind of time you're going to have. So um, with that being said, our next convention that we're going to be covering is in November, right? We're going to BlizzCon. Wait, you know, but let's see, October. Actually, no, our next uh, our next convention coverage is actually going to be of uh, Stanley's um, LA Comic Con in October. We can do back-to-back weekends of conventions? I guess. I really like going to that one. 
even if it's just for one day. Yeah. I mean, we made it, we may end up just attending a Saturday at San Luis Zoe Comic Con, but we're definitely going. So, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, well, shit, there's pretty, there's not much else to say. Our next, uh, our next couple of, uh, podcasts are going to be, like, movie reviews. So stay tuned for those. You can lump them in one. Movie reviews? All three? As long as you don't go into detailed plot. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No descriptions. You yeah, can yeah, do yeah. them all in one. I don't know. Let's maybe just do them one at a time. But I don't know. Anyways, yeah. thanks for listening. I'm Jesse. here with Amanda. Mm-hmm. San Diego 2017 coverage. Um... Thanks, and uh, uh, goodbye and stuff. Bye. Yeah. Bye.